this week on the Dry Bar Comedy Podcast. That could have been like the last time anybody saw both of us. See, I tell people I'm a cop, just a little fear of me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the moose get a well, little let's crazy. Let's not even get started on that. We'll be here for another half hour. <laughs> Welcome to the Dry Bar Comedy Podcast, the only podcast where you can hang out with your favorite dry bar comedians, get to know them, have some laughs. I'm here with Jordan Macon. I'm Taylor Nielsen, as usual. How you doing, Jordan? I'm, I'm great, man. I'm amped <laughs> for this episode. I'm sorry I took your name introduction. I was so excited <laughs> to say my name, and you took that from me. You want to just do it for, I mean, I love the way you say your name, so might as well. I'm Jordan Macon. Oh, you well, did it better. <laughs> yeah. uh, we can cut. We'll, we'll cut me out. Yeah, cut though. Just cut anyway. Well, hey, we're we're very excited for our show tonight. We have a really great guest. Um, he's right over here, but we're not going to show him yet. We're gonna we're gonna tease him with. We're the, gonna tease the, tease the, the people clip. with a little clip. So uh, let's watch a little clip of his special. This lady called nine one one. She's like, "There's a bear in my kitchen. There's a bear in my kitchen." I'm like, that's my problem? <laughs> I mean, if it was a brown bear, right, I could do something about it. I'd be like, what are you ¿Qué pasó? ¿Qué rollo? <laughs> they got any enchiladas in the freezer or what, eh? <laughs> but that wasn't the situation, right? So my partner comes out of the station, right? The night that we got this call, I was paired up with one of the SWAT guys, all right? I'm not a SWAT guy, but he was. And he comes out of the station, he's like, yeah, bro, we're gonna go get the bear, bro. <laughs> and you know, he's that one cop that just has that swagger, yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so Captain America and I are going to get this bear. And we're going up the canyon, and he's in the passenger seat. I'm driving lights and sirens. We're going with this call. This lady's calling 911. They're updating us on dispatch. And he's just in the passenger seat. <laughs> so we get to the call. And before I could stop him, he gets out of the car. He grabs the shotgun. He's all... <laughs> I'm all, dude, you cannot shoot a bear with the shotgun, bro. The Subaru drivers will not put up with that, bro. Any Subaru drivers in here tonight? Shut up, nobody cares, nobody cares. So before I could stop Captain America, he runs into the house. I wish I was making this part up, but this is completely true. I'm standing outside. This is the very next thing that I hear. Uh, here, bear, 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 bear. <laughs> hey, bear, where you at, bear? <laughs> this dude is in there like Elmer Fudd. Ha, <laughs> I'm gonna find a bear. I'm gonna find a bear. <laughs> I just want to point out, at this point in time in the show, I was still outside the house, okay? Because I know better. My mom raised a smart kid. And I'm thinking to myself, what's the SWAT guy in there doing? Like, searching the house all tactically and everything? He's going to round the corner in the kitchen, come face to face with the bear and be like, 
Hey, boo-boo, got a picnic basket! <laughs> the bear and I had a lot in common. He came in the house, he obtained the food, and left said house. All right. Hey, right. that was a clip from the special. Armed and hilarious, and you know who it is, and he's joining us now. Big welcome to Vinny Montez. Thanks for being here. Man, thank you for having me. I'm excited, though. So- it's weird to watch with other people <laughs> in the comedy world. <laughs> You're like the people who filmed it, they're responsible dry bar. I'm like, oh man, man, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Taylor was telling me how he hates watching his comedy. Yeah, and I said I hate watching your comedy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, alone, I don't mind watching my comedy with yeah, other yeah. people who know the business. You're like, mm. I yeah, I feel like it's one thing to watch. I mean, watching yourself live would be better. Yeah, that, <laughs> what I don't know. You, <laughs> then you know another you exists in yeah. the world, and I think your whole reality would come. You ever? Again. I mean, I mean, I've, I've heard of people having out of body experiences where they see themselves sleeping, really, or whatever. Wow, so, I've never had that. But <laughs> <laughs> what if you had that on stage? Man, that would be something weird to watch yourself do live comedy. Like that yeah. would be surreal and really scary at the same time. <laughs> I'd start praying immediately. That's all I'm going to tell you. As a comic, sometimes when you watch other comics, <clears throat> at least for me, it's the most funny when they bomb. Yeah, like you always like when nobody laughs. It's like ah, like because yeah. we know how painful it is. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if I would do that to myself if I was. Yeah, would I be laughing when I was bombing or would I? Well, I'm evaluating while we're watching that clip. I'm just evaluating myself. Oh, that's terrible. It could be better there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, I feel like I need to start giving like little comments about, well, that wasn't intended exactly that way. It should have been better. And so like, to justify to you that I'm a ju- like I'm a good comic, you know, like because we see like comics are so hard on ourselves. Like we are the most critical eye ever watching yeah. anything that we do. You know? No, I agree. Yeah. Well, it's and- funny. It, yeah, it yeah. is, and I mean, the pe- all the people online who love your special yeah, would man, agree. Thank you. Appreciate and, that. And uh, did you? I mean, how long ago was that that you filmed that? Two thousand nineteen. So that was, I think, April of two thousand nineteen. So like twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. Oh, like a little over four years ago, I guess. Four huh? years ago. Wow. Long time has gone by already. Yeah. Right, because I mean, you were mentioning to us before about how you have added like tags and things oh, to the jokes. Yeah, then. like there's a really good conclusion now to it <laughs> and you know, I do an investig I do an investigation after where that leaves off, there's a whole investigation that ensues and you know, the bear turns out to have ate a bunch of kale chips uh, and <laughs> that, you know, and leaves the house and so I mean there's just a whole, but you know, when you're writing comedy, it's it's a constant evolution of you know, right. constantly revisiting stuff and you know, somebody will see it and they'll be like, hey, I was thinking about this. And you're just constantly evolving, sharpening, you know? Yeah. Well, that's why people need to see you live. So yeah. So they can get the whole picture. So yeah. see Vinny live. Yeah, see me live. VinnyMontez.com. <clears throat> Put a plug in there real quick. There we go. <laughs> hey, Vinny, I wanted to show you this. Because I, I don't know if you're – I hosted your special. Yeah. When, when that was going on. And I, I was no in, looking at my desk today. And look what I have. Oh, yeah, the original. <laughs> the original. The white Vinny sticker. Montez. Yeah comedy is this a collector's item it now? is probably a collector's item. <laughs> I don't even, how I much don't is even, that worth on the standard i don't US know market? like negative three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. <laughs> oh no <laughs> um yeah i don't i don't think i even have one of the white ones anymore because that was the first well you're not getting this no, that's fine that's fine <laughs> this one's mine i think now. there's one detached to a pickup truck somewhere in the neighborhood where i live but well, um, so i was watching your special before this and as it opened the person goes ladies and gentlemen vinnie montez yeah. i'm like i think that's my voice 
Because yep. I just ho- <laughs> and I was like, ah, I think I hosted this one, so it was fun to watch. Man, that's it. Just seems like it happened yesterday. It just goes by so quickly, you know, time yeah. is fast. And you're back doing another one. Yeah, um, we filmed it tonight, and wow. Uh, again, I, you know, I'm not here to just like make you guys feel good about Dry Bar because the Dry Bar staff and everybody that's uh, here is amazing to work with. And I just yeah. had a I had a blast tonight. And uh, to be able to come back and do a second special, that is a really big treat for me. And I take that very seriously. And um, it was, again, another opportunity to just have a great time. And we did. We had a great time. So I'm super excited for when this one comes out. Can't wait, too. Can't yeah, we're wait. excited. Um, we had lots of questions about sure. comedy, being a cop. <laughs> Bears. Bears. <laughs> well, I'm, listen, man. I'm right. I feel. Listen, it'll be like it'll be like I'm in a review board or like taking an oral board or something. So bring it on. I'm excited for That's it. That's great. Yeah, we yeah. want this to feel like we were interrogated. Like a reverse kind of, interrogation. Kind of the tables here. It's kind of like being with my better half at home. You know. Just kind of, <laughs> no, I didn't mean that, babe. I'm just kidding. I don't want any trouble. <laughs> my question coming away from this was. Was this bear a repeat offender? Did you ever run into this bear again? You know, I've I've dealt with many a bear in my time. Uh, <laughs> I hate to say that, but one time um, I was on a call where I end up shooting the bear with a beanbag um, shotgun in the hind quarters to kind of scare it off. It kind of ripped open a garage and was trying to get to some food that was like dog food or something inside the garage. And the bear kept coming back, so I hit it with a couple uh, beanbag rounds to try to scare it away. Uh-huh. And it was not having any of it. And then and we end up end up treeing going up to the top of this tree and it was the most uh surreal experience i've really been involved with the bear because like for literally a solid half hour the bear's at the top of the tree and he's just doing like, <sighs> like loud like it's echoing through the forest and i'm like what is going on and the the wildlife guy got there he's like yeah that's normal they're just like you know whatever the situation was for the bear um in this one where we recorded this at dry bar the first special um, that's a true story. Like um, maybe not necessarily every aspect of it. Yeah. But me and my partner, we literally went to this house where this lady said that there was a bear in the house. We get there. We go through. If you would imagine uh, the letter U turned upside down, that's actually what the house looked like. So you could only get from one side of the house to the other side through the top level. And we went. <laughs> What's going on? What? I, I don't know. But it's, it was a house in the mountain, and we entered on one side of the U. Um, through these double French doors, this lady was in the ba- in the basement part of that house, and then we literally went in there and like I didn't realize I almost my buddy Sam he still works for the agency him and I were on this call together and this lady's freaking out and so we go in through her bedroom the French doors we go into the hallway on that bottom side and then I turn around and I tell her hey. Whatever you do, don't open this door. Stay locked in the room. And then we close that door behind us. Well, we didn't understand the way the house was built. So had that bear actually been down in that basement area where we were at, we had nowhere to go. And literally, I turn around. I'm like, ma'am, close the door. Don't open the door. We're going to go take care of this. (laughs) Under any circumstances. And I hear, literally, I hear Sam behind me. Hey, bear, 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 bear. And I turn around. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm letting him know we're here. And luckily, the bear had left the house. But like... That could have been like the last time anybody saw both of us. So I was like, yeah. it was a, it's, it's a true story, and we lucked out for all intents and purposes. And he really was saying the hair. Hey, he bear, would, bear, I, I tell you, he literally <laughs> was saying, here, bear, bear, bear. And I'm like, what is this? is a grown man <laughs> with a beanbag yeah. shotgun. I don't even know if it, I, honestly, I think it was a beanbag shotgun. I don't think it, uh, it was a lethal shotgun. So we were in the, in the house with a bear. He had no, like, if he'd have been in the basement, he had nowhere to go. Right. When you corner an animal like that, that is not good news. So, we really, really lucked out. That was, that was crazy. 
Um, I'm trying to visualize this whole situation. I want to put up like a diagram of the house. <laughs> so it's a U-shaped upside down, and then there's a bear just inside of it. I mean, was this like modern architecture? Or I, don't, I don't know what it was, but we realized we had to go up in order to go over... <laughs> And it's not enough. It's a yeah, and maybe you know, maybe I don't have maybe I don't have the house exactly depicted right, but I I will tell you this: where we went in, the only way out was either the way we came through the bedroom French doors, or if we went up to the next level and then out. And I mean, we I guess we could have went through a window or something, right? But like, <laughs> sounds that like been like the only way. Some kind of Squid Game type. <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of like let, let's see if they make it through this right <laughs> I, I mean that's amazing uh we just had one the other night where like literally it, it's happened we've had deputies with um bears stuck in the car they get in the car because uh, they're looking for food and they get in the car however they get in through the window or whatever and then they can't get back out you'd be surprised like how bears can actually squeeze through areas to get into yeah and we've had multiple bears stuck in the car so like one <laughs> like, like a clown one, car of the bears yeah like one deputy has to like be brave enough to like go up i'm like okay i'm gonna open the door everybody get out of the way and like i, I haven't had to do this but i've I'm, I'm telling you many of our deputies have they got to open the door and literally um you know hope the bear doesn't like be like oh hey lunch come back around and just <laughs> have them at it but i have at it with them so just crawling through windows they're not shattering the windows no i mean they they can i mean they 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 break into how they get break into cabins and they try to get into houses it's um it's a very common phenomenon during certain times of the year for bears i mean not only that do we have to deal with the bear issues but we have to deal with also the moose you know the the moose get a little let's not even get started on that we'll be here for another (laughs) half hour <laughs> Who knew that we were going to be like you know you know the forest rangers and stuff? I mean, like it, that is a that is wild because I think I would think that's animal control or something. Well, it, it is, but in the middle of the night, there there is no animal control. It's whoever <laughs> the cops oh, are that are man. on duty, and people call you know <laughs> cops for all these crazy things anytime. I, ha- I mean, I draw the line at spiders <laughs> and snakes. I'm a big guy. You may think I'm tough, but I'm not. Snakes and I we're never going to have a relationship. Let me just. Okay. You'd rather go after a bear than I'd a rather snake. go deal with a bear than a snake. <laughs> Well, like, yeah, you got. I guess bears are more nocturnal. Well, so. you can see the bear. The snake can like hide, move quickly through. Yeah. You know, and spiders. Who knows? Like every time I think of a spider, I think of arachnophobia back in the day. Yeah, sure. and like everything crawling all. I mean, I'm just thinking about it now, <laughs> and I'm like, I had. Have you ever had been in your car? Like we we work a lot in our cars. Oh yeah, yeah. And like spider, like come down right in front of you, or you get in your car, you feel the web touch your face. Oh, it's the was... absolute worst. Yeah. I've had one where. It, I saw it crawl up into the like the visor, yeah. like the screen, and, I'm and then like, they disappear. Right, pulling over like, as fast as I can, rub. You look like an insane person. Yeah, for me, it's more wa- like wasps are the oh are the dangerous ones. The yeah, especially the ones that are like jet black, and then their stingers are like a couple inches long. Have wow. you seen those? No. Yeah. Are you talking about the killer hornets or the murder hornets or whatever? <laughs> I think these are. <laughs> yeah. called... If I see a murder hornet, man, I'm running. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. I think these are called insepid wasps. Oh wow! And what they uh, yeah. do is they lay eggs inside other. Oh wow! That's of, a whole. That's different why they have long stingers. Is they like insert them into other bugs and lay their eggs inside. Wow. Can they do that to you? Can you get eggs in you? Uh, inconclusive. This has been a terrifying podcast so far. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's, I is this Animal eating. Kingdom or are we doing comedy <laughs> here? What's great. going on? <laughs> well, I. I mean that that repeat of that bear repeat offender joke. Question was kind of a joke, but it turned out to be a oh, legitimate there, thing in Colorado. No, there are bear repeat offenders where, like, if they if they continue to be, I think the word is they use it to call them a nuisance bear. If you become a nuisance, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 
<laughs> if you become a nuisance bear, they will capture you and relocate. Excuse me, relocate you at some point in time, like, which like is kind of weird because like you know you wake up as a bear in one place, the next thing you know you're in the middle of nowhere, and you're like I don't even know anybody over here. Like <laughs> man, where am I at? Friends. <laughs> and if that doesn't work and they end up coming back, I think the next level is you know bad news bear. So I mean, just like <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that they get a they get a. Uh, a second chance. Yeah, they get a second chance or maybe two, but like after a certain point, they're like, that's it. We're done with your bear shenanigans. <laughs> that's all the bear activists As right if now are a like, bears understand. we need more chances. Listen, no. No, yeah. we don't. Bears understand the three strike system. Yeah, it's a three strike like... rule. California's got a lot to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> There's this place in Idaho, Bear World. Look it up, but like uh, they just have a bunch, they just have tons of bears you can drive through. It uh, my grandpa loved loved Bear World. We would you go been? like every summer. Yeah, any nuisance bears? I mean, it might be where they send nuisance bears if they like, like in more what do you humane mean they drive streets. through. Like there's just bears all around the car, and they're like, Arr! literally, yeah. People are driving through, and there's bears all around. Um, Do the bears maul these people at all? Or anything no, like you're. I mean, you're not allowed to leave the. Leave the car. Okay. I haven't heard of anything bad happening. Okay. It's it's near Yellowstone, so, it's so like the, the but like they control it. Like they don't have like just random people going through and their private cars rolling down windows, like trying to. Feed. No, I think you can drive through on your own, right? Or am I wrong there? You can drive through on your own. Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I mean, but the thing is, the bears in Idaho are very well behaved. Colorado has these nuisance. Yeah, Colorado since bears. Colorado's got the nuisance bears. These, yeah, no, these are scholar bears. These, these are. are <laughs> Scientist they have a higher bears. aptitude than the average bear. <laughs> Absolutely. Family bears. <laughs> you ever, yeah, actually, I was rolling through there last summer. I saw the uh, Charmin bears there. Oh, uh, and oh they yeah, were, yeah. They're a friendly bunch. Really? Yeah, they or try they, to keep everything very clean also. So they do. Like, yeah. Were they a excited little bear about with, the toilet paper? There are, there are, those bears are excited about toilet paper. <laughs> I do enjoy the Charmin, though. I do enjoy. It's Charmin, right? They Charmin. represent yeah. Charmin, right? Yeah, yeah. Charmin, potential sponsor for the pod. <laughs> <laughs> we love your bears. Yeah, I we do, do not like. Think I, I like the double quilted. I'll be honest; it's always been good. Well, you to have double quilted. <laughs> what is that? Is that a two ply? Four it's a ply? two ply, I think. Right, but it's very sensual. Or sensual. <laughs> <laughs> it's, we know. I'm sorry. Know. I'm tired. I didn't know if I. <laughs> is that allowed on dry bar? Can you say sensual? Sensual. <laughs> in regards to toilet paper. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. In regards to toilet paper, <laughs> but nothing else. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just move on. I don't. I love that. that. Um, well, we, if we ever see anybody leave a review of Charmin yeah. online that says sensual, <laughs> the most sensual paper, we'll know who Well, they're going to say essential is. or sensual. There's a, there's a distinct difference there. I would say the double, because it's really just two-ply, but it's calling it double quilted. Yeah, double Man, quilted. They're good with their they're branding. They're good with their branding yeah. words. Doesn't, doesn't get that means soft all that really means is how it's put together, not necessarily like it's a little thicker or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's just I like to get a few rolls and make a blanket at night and have that be my <laughs> quilt for the night. <laughs> yeah, just like in your emergency preparedness bag, you just got <laughs> yeah. toilet paper. It can be a blanket or what else can we say about toilet doing? paper before we move um, on? <laughs> I had actually I had more stuff. Um, why is ev- why is all the toilet paper in public restrooms or any place of business so bad? I don't know. I think it's just because nobody cares. Like, like you know, it's not your, it's not yourself that you're buying for. You know what I mean? Because I'll tell you what. At yeah. home, we buy the good stuff. Yeah, we yeah, buy I'm, the good stuff. So everybody else is like, you know, we don't care. So we just buy whatever's cheapest. It's a dollar bin. Yeah, right. it's always terrible. It's that single. You can see through it. It's rough. It's like it's like calculator paper. You know, like you know the old school. Yeah, 
in that paper. That, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I think that says something about society in general. Yeah, we don't care enough about each other. Yeah. yeah. There's a university around here where legitimately the president of the university, there was a movement of students <laughs> to get better toilet paper in the back. Really? Mm. And they gave in. That's a real thing? Yeah. The, oh. the shout out to USU. Uh, <laughs> that's UVU. Right? UV, UVU. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it really was. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, we want double ply. We I want know. double. Someday we'll live in a double ply society. Yeah. Right? Uh, Where we have equal opportunity for toilet paper. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> Please call the number below to make yeah. a donation. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought when we started this podcast we'd be actually making positive change. Yeah. In the world. But, you know, everybody deserves two ply. That's all I'm going to say right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That should be somebody's presidential campaign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's their platform. Season. That's the number one <laughs> issue. That's, that's funny. I do enjoy my bathroom time, so I think in toilet paper is an important thing to those of us who... <laughs> Absolutely, especially in a state with so many bears. Yes. As Colorado. <laughs> I think Taylor, we, I'm just pointing out you've been touching your mic a lot. Have I? You I'm, have been. But we don't have to put this in the podcast. It just was, we had discussed it out. <laughs> you had a goal to not touch it as much. I'm just trying I'm to help you. It. I'm thumping the mic. <laughs> See, not to embarrass you, we can cut this from the podcast. <laughs> we better. We better. <laughs> I mean, I'm, you... I'm totally shut down now. <laughs> I don't know. I, just, uh, I want you to rewatch it later and and be like, thank you. All right, let's end. Let's end the episode. Sorry, I brought it up. <laughs> I don't know where to go now. I don't, now know, I don't where know where to go. go. Um, I do. I have another question, and. I'm going to keep my hands. <laughs> I'm sorry here. I brought it up. I was just trying to be <laughs> helpful. No, it's fine. Go ahead. Uh, what about being a police officer? Yeah. Prepared you for the world of comedy? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll be point blank honest. I, when I first became a cop, like, we never talked about mental health. We never talked about um, how do you feel about this call? It was more, in my, in my opinion, from my perspective, it was more of you were expected to compartmentalize things and not really discuss them. Like, are you good? Yeah, I'm good. You good? Yeah, I'm good. And I think there was this stigma of if you were open about it, in a lot of ways, you were showing some weakness. At least that's the way I felt if I was open about the way I was feeling about things that, that I saw, heard, uh, felt, touched. Right. And so uh, in 2008, I uh, had a kid that died pretty much in my arms. Um, in the field, I was off duty, but transitioned on duty to help uh, this accident. And it wasn't that that was the moment that just created all the issues for me. It's all the stuff that had happened before that. It was kind of the tipping point. And the way I describe it a lot of times is if you're not dealing with your mental health, especially in being a first responder all the time and processing those things, your chalice or your cup gets full. And my cup just got full. And right. so I had to make some choices. I was kind of in a dark place. And well, I shouldn't say kind of, I was in a dark place. And, you know, a lot of comedians have comedy that comes from dark places sometimes. And it was just an opportunity that I needed to make a choice. You know, do I keep doing what I'm doing or do I seek help for my mental uh, health issues? And that, that meant for me counseling just to, like, decompress and digest a lot of things I was dealing with. But more importantly, comedy was an outlet and a release for me to separate myself from the day-to-day -day job of being a cop. And I, I'm very proud about talking about that. I used to be afraid to talk about that, thinking people would judge me. They wouldn't think much of me. They would think down on me. And truly now, sitting here in hindsight 2020 and 2023, I know that the right thing to do is just be open about it. And I think that's helped a lot of people around me. And even if it's only helped one person, I'm glad that it's done that. And my comedy, especially like tonight, I recorded a bit called Dark Humor. And it is really a dark 
uh, joke, but um, it's not making fun of uh, suicide per se, but it's talking about what, how we use dark humor behind the scenes to process um, those very dark moments. And, uh, you know, that's really what led me to the comedy world. And I, I'll be honest with you straight up. Um, I think this really helped change my life in a lot of ways. And I'm, and I'm very, I'm very appreciative of that. And comedy, you know, is probably very cathartic for both of you. And it is certainly for me. So that's awesome. So did you, were you a big comedy fan before? Or was this just like, Oh, this looks like a thing I can do. No, no. I, I would watch, um, deaf comedy jam and a lot of stuff. Like the people that I grew up watching were, um, like, D.L. Hughley and George Lopez and Bernie Mac. And I really like Bernie Mac because how physical that comedy was. Mm-hmm. And when you watch me perform, like I'm in there that way. And I feel like I have that ability. And honestly, I've never talked about this before, um, like on stage, but I've never talked about my dad. My dad was a very much, um, he was a hustler and a very good man, but he was also very able to relate to people and he liked to joke around. And we'd always joke, he took forever to leave somewhere. So if we went to a dinner party and it was time to go, it took him 20 minutes to make the final exit because he had to touch base with everybody and everybody wanted to be around him. And I really think he lives through me today. Um, yeah, comedy is, it, it, I, there was a definite passion for it, but you, do, you don't know what you don't know until you start doing it. And people say, how do you start stand-up comedy? Well, you just start doing it, and you keep doing it and doing it, and then right. that will lead you to where you're going to be. Did it feel good the first time you did Because a lot of times, dude, the first time you do comedy is not great, just anybody. Yeah. But my, did you feel that catharsis at least? Or Yeah, it was a release. I First two minutes ever was at the World Famous Comedy Works in Denver, Colorado. Great um, club. Great mm-hmm. club. Yeah. Um, Wendy Curtis is the owner, still there. Uh, I got two minutes. They gave me two minutes. I had to sign up for like 10 weeks on their list. They're very yeah. wow. very strict about getting a chance to do a set there. So for like 10 weeks, I had to sign up just to show the interest to vet whether or not. And then they called it a newbie set. I go there. They gave me two minutes. I had like four jokes, if that. And I listen, I still have the audio recording for that. And not long ago, I listened to it. And I was like, <laughs> how did I even get past the first night? You know, Amazing. But, you know, people who are... Teaching those new talent people, Deacon Gray was the guy who was really my mentor at the time. Uh, he was a staple of comedy works. He passed away from uh, cancer not not long ago. Uh, but uh, just having those people give you those notes and that feedback and just pushing you and then getting out there. His biggest thing was like, you got to go do comedy all the time. All the terrible open mics. Like any comic we know who says, oh, I kill it all the time. Uh, no. You know, learning to eat it, like Squire's Lounge was the famous place that a lot of the comics would go to while we were coming up in Denver on Colfax. And literally, this is like in one of the worst parts of town. And I'm up there. Um, people are getting arrested outside for, you know, just various things by the police. I'm on stage. Nobody's listening. They're all yelling about stuff. And it was like a rite of passage for a lot of us to go do that, Mike. Um, so, but now when you do shows, whether it's corporate or clubs and you're dealing with crowds that are difficult, you think back to your days, well, I did Squire. So if I did Squire, I can do anything. (laughs) So everything kind of builds upon itself, you know, just like any other thing, the craft that you get good at. That's at least for me, that was my experience. Was it hard being like at the bottom of the pecking order? As a cop, you have some power. And then when you go into the comedy world, it's like, you're the lowest rung of this weird world now when you go in was that hard or was that i mean exciting? it was it, it was an unknown for me right so when you get into law enforcement it's the same thing you're at the bottom of you're going to work nights you're going to work weekends you're going to work the lowest level jobs because you have to open mm-hmm. for other cops yeah you have to open for other cops <laughs> you have to take their reports that they don't want to take i mean when you're in, it's funny you say that because when you're in field training fto when you're in training 
the new guys, what they call the recruits, they're taking all the stuff that everybody else doesn't want to take. <laughs> it's the truth about it. So they're like the senior guys. Oh yeah, the recruit can take that, right? And as a young comic coming up, you're just you know you're going to the nobody knows who you are, so nobody's going to give you time at a showcase until they see you be able to do the time. And you know the I think the thing that um, uh, and I'm gonna skip ahead real quick. I was probably uh, what is this 15 years into comedy for me roughly. Uh, I was probably year eight, and you know really between 2007 and 2000, let's just say 13. Um, I wasn't very, I wasn't very good yet at, at all. And I was still, you know, I maybe could do, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 minutes, if that, but not like super tight, but, you know, somewhat. And I had an opportunity, my current agent, Mike Rafferty with CWE, he, um, he asked me, hey, can you do this corporate show? Because he knew who I was. And, and I don't remember exactly when this took place, but he asked me, he's like, do you have a, a solid tight 30? And I wanted to do it because the money for corporate is really good. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Mike, I don't have it. And I think that built a relationship later on, which I didn't even know because Mike later became my agent. And um, it was an opportunity for me, for him to say, you know what, Vinny tells me exactly where he's at. It would have been easy to say yes and then try to fake it. <laughs> yeah. Right. But anybody knows if you don't have the time, you don't have the time. And when you really push, come to shove, if you're not able to deliver, that could really cost you a lot. So I think that Later on, when he finally asked me to do something and I could really work with him at that level, it really set a good uh, level of integrity with me for him and the rest of the uh, organization. And now, you know, he's my agent and we work a lot together and uh, it's it's been great. So, you know, coming up, there's no there's no shortcuts to it. You know, some people yeah. just there, there are those people like a Sam Talent, somebody else I grew up with. Mm-hmm. I mean, some some of these guys and gals, they really they just have that natural talent. Mm-hmm. I don't have that natural talent. I have I have to work really hard for everything that comes to me. And and, and really you can get there, but some people just have to grind at it and I'm a grinder. Did you get a reference in Sam's book? No, I don't know that I did. <laughs> so I'll tell you a funny I'll tell you this funny story. We're going to go off we're going to go off. Uh, he told this story one time and I totally forgot about it. Um, this is when we were coming up and there was this like they did this like off uh, this open mic in this building and I show up there and it's kind of like I'd heard about it. So I'm going to go do time anywhere. You can go get time. You're going to go do it. And I show up and he tells a story that I showed up and they had like this bar going on in there, but like, it wasn't like an established bar and a, a, a sanctioned bar by the state. <laughs> and so I walk in, I'm like, is this place legitimate? And they're like, well, and he's like, okay, well, I'm like, well enough, I'm leaving. So I left. And he says, that's so funny because Vinny wasn't, he didn't like really narc anybody out. But at the same time, uh, you know, he was like, hey, you guys do your thing and I'm out of here. And, right. and that does sound like me, but he's told that story to people before. And he's a great, he's a great talent, no pun intended, but he is a great talent. He's yeah. just got that skill set. That's amazing. Yeah. That is a weird thing for because comedians can be degenerates sometimes. So you coming in as law enforcement hanging out with comedians that are better. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you bring that up because I think I've had some of the comedians like Brent Gill, John Novosad, who I know filmed his special here recently. Right. Um, and I think even like Josh Blue and some of the comics that I came up with in the Denver scene, they, when we first, they start working around me, they're like, who's this guy? He's a cop, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, I really had to draw a fine line between when I was at work and when I was doing comedy. Yeah. I mean, my job wasn't to be getting into their business and stuff like that. My job was to learn the comedy. I can't be on 24 seven. You know, of course, if somebody was getting beat down or something, of course I'd jump in to help, not, not help beat them up, but, <laughs> but to yeah, help yeah. rescue to them. Really but like you have to, that's the whole reason I got into comedy to separate that. Um, and I think, 
the one thing I'm really proud of, aside from everything that's happened for me in comedy, is I think there are a lot of comedians that have had a chance to interact with me. They have seen the more um, opposite side of just the cop. They're like, hey, he's just like the rest of us. He, you know, he, he works as a cop, but it truly gives him an opportunity to see what somebody who works in that profession is behind the scenes and that we're just like everybody else. We put our pants on one leg at a time just like everybody else. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. Right. So when you, you talked about like going into um, counseling, yeah. you know, for your mental health and then that led you to stand up, was that something suggested or? No, I, I really, we, so before the event in 2008 ever happened, my sheriff um, gave me this book called Emotional Survival for Law Enforcement. Joe Pelly was the sheriff I was at that time. And that book was designed to really give law enforcement personnel an idea of like what could happen to you mental wise if you're not taking care of your mental health. And of course, when I was in my early twenties, like all of us were like, I know everything, you know, you can't tell I'm, you know, I know everything. And I really didn't listen to the advice. So by the time it got bad enough where um, my mental health was getting bad, I was seeking out counseling, counseling through our EAP program. And, you know, <clears throat> it's like, I'm going to tie a, the connection between what I was going through and comedy. So, our biggest job as comedians, in my my opinion, is when we're on stage, we need to connect with the audience, right? And we could sometimes, once we got that connection and we have them on our side, they're willing to ride the ride with us. Even if we you know, mess up something along the way, they're like, okay, yeah. we'll give you that one. Mm-hmm. And we just continue that relationship. Um, what I found when I first started seeking out health or help for my mental health, I was seeing people with EAP, Employee Assistance Program, and they're just general counselors. But it really wasn't until I finally connected with law enforcement counselors, which people had specialization in law enforcement that could really relate to me about what I was experiencing and what I was dealing with. And, um, and then I started doing therapy with them and talking about it. And just slowly over time, just like comedy, when I started go seeking mental health, I go see a counselor every now and then to this very day, depending on what I got going on. It's a long-term process, and you have to commit to that. And I, every now and then, my better half will be like, yeah, uh, we're seeing some neuroses here at the house. So we need you to go. <laughs> I'm serious. She's like, I, she's put me on hold. Like sometimes I call it spinning where I'll just get fixated on something uh-huh. and I'm stressing about it. And I'm like, I'm telling her everything that's going on. And she's like, listen, I got a lot going on. I don't have time for your neuroses today. So you need to go talk to Tiffany. And Tiffany has been a counselor for me for a long time. <laughs> cool. And I go to her and, you know, we've done EMDR therapy, which is the light therapy to help you process. Yeah. And I'm just very open about it. And, um, you know, it's a commitment to uh, the comedy. Yes, it, it it was part of me dealing with stuff, but I first had to address starting to go get counseling to figure out how to deal with these things. And then really the comedy was to separate me from being, I guess I skipped that part. My, I was so driven to work all the time. I was just that cop that worked all the time. My whole identity was surrounded being a cop. Right. Yeah. And you can't live that life all the time because if you anything else happens outside that identity, you don't feel value anymore. And so I had to really separate that. So I will tell you now, people ask me, hey, what do you do? I always start with I'm a comedian. And people are like, oh, yeah, because when you say you're a cop, there's like, <gasps> there's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? And, and so I always leave with comedy, and then I can transition into, hey, I'm actually a full-time police officer. And the doors open, but they're still they're, – they're able to drop that guard for a second when they hear comedian. And I'm able to then, you know, establish that rapport before we get to like maybe I hit him with the yeah. the final thing that hey I'm actually a police officer, <laughs> right? Um, so you know they they kind of went hand in hand, but they're also different, uh, uh, separate because comedy has truly given me that separate identity. And if you ask me today, what do you who are you, Vinny? I say first and foremost, I'm a family person. Second, I'm a stand up comedian, and 
I honor and I love my job, but that is a job to me and it's a career. But man, I am a comedian through and through. That's awesome. See, I tell people I'm a cop just a little fear of me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have to and bring it to him. I'm lying. Yeah. And then I yeah. I'm a comedian. S- I think that's a felony in some states. He still hadn't <laughs> broken it oh, to yeah. me. Oh. Oh, yeah. I'm, this not is... a, I'm not a cop. Oh, yeah. That's I'll what... say it straight <laughs> to the camera. I know I've confused oh, man. all the listeners. Yeah, you're out, man. Wow. Uh, We're hiring, though. Listen. Vinny's right. We'll give you an opportunity, man. (laughs) Yeah, I'll tell you the hardest part. Every every year I still have to run the physical agility test, and the older I get and the bigger I get, you know, know, Taco Tuesday gets put on hold (laughs) as we get closer to the physical agility every year. You know, I have to like... Do you have to run a mile like in a certain amount of time? Uh, We have to run a quarter mile after running the obstacle course in a certain amount of time, yeah. What's the quarter mile time? Just uh, I think it's two minutes and forty six seconds yep, for a quarter not mile. Going to be a cop ever. Wow, I'm to <laughs> I always, I always, I honestly, every single year, um, I run it. I started as a me- like a medium light jog, and then by like the last, I would say uh, maybe tenth of a mile that I got to complete, it's an all out sprint, and, and I got him calling out the time to me: two minutes and forty seconds, forty one, and I'm like crossing it. I'm literally crossing it, but. And then for a little while, I got to like sit down because I'm like, I, I've never, I don't think my heart's been at this level for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and what, what I do now is I'm, I'm really more of an admin person than I am a street cop anymore. But I am I, I love I love what we get to do. And as you get older, you, you kind of I've talked about it in my comedy, you know, um, you know, you're not the same cop you were when you're coming out of the academy when you're 25 years into yeah. it. You know, you have to weigh the risk versus the reward. My favorite joke is like. You know, uh, if you ever see me running after somebody, hit them with your car. That's a homicide suspect right there. <laughs> so I just, <laughs> you know, it, it make light of it, but it's it, there is some truth behind that. That's funny. That, that's amazing. Maybe we, I mean, maybe we should do dry bar fitness tests for yeah. our comedians just yeah. to raise the bar. I think all You're the pre-show get... things you do up and down the stairs, you know, <laughs> yeah. with Marin running everybody around, it's like, wow, there's a lot going there on There are here. a lot of stairs. Yeah, there. a lot of yeah. stairs. We're on the third That's floor. For me. <laughs> have you ever, this is a question I have, have you ever uh, been with a, a perp? Is that the right phrase? Suspect? <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I know that you hear perp on perp. TV a lot, but where I work, we don't call them perps. Okay. Suspect. Have you ever been recognized for your comedy as you're doing your job? With uh, anyone? So, not necessarily. Not that I can recall from the special, uh-huh. but there was one time we had a disturbance that I stopped at another agency. We because where I work, I work for a sheriff's office, and so we have a lot of cities that are inside of the county. And I stopped on a disturbance inside one of those cities, and they're upset because the party's kind of getting busted, and people are walking out. People are walking out, and as they're walking out. You know, I'm asking him to sit down, and this guy's kind of giving me a hard time. And this girl comes out, and she gives me this look, and I'm like, "Oh, how does she know me?" Like, because you never know—is it from a previous contact? Because yeah. you can, you can't remember everybody you contact. And she's like, "Man, you look familiar to me." And then she's like, "Oh, I saw you at Comedy Works, dude. This guy is <laughs> legit. He's awesome." And then what that did is she validated me as being somebody that she trusts and that she appreciates. Right. So the whole dynamic of the contact changed and wow. people were just much more amicable and they were like willing to give us a little grace to deal with what we needed to. So in a positive light, that was absolutely um, a prime opportunity from comedy. Comedy saved the day for that <laughs> That's one. Great. That's good. Yeah. Maybe, maybe just open with a tight five 
in any situation. I mean, yeah, on the force. <laughs> so I would love. Um, the other night, I, we had this accident, and I had to drove traffic control for a little bit, and I was kind of cutting up with this Subaru driver. You know, I talk a lot of smack about Subaru <laughs> yeah, drivers, yeah. and she was there, and like I didn't, I didn't really tell her that till the very end. I'm like, hey, if you look me up, you'll see that I talk a lot of smack about Subaru drivers, and we were just cutting up back and forth, and uh, it was great. You know, people when when they find out I do comedy, especially as a cop, like the the barriers drop. I'm not kidding. Like, yeah, yeah. And like, if uh, a kid knows, like, they go to my social media and they see, you know, that there's 29,000 followers that I have on Instagram, for example, that to me is a great thing. But like, to them, the younger generation, that is a very, like, how does this cop have? And all of a sudden, it just kind of validates me. And they're like, hey, you know, this guy's not so bad. And um, it opens doors. And that's all we want to do is really open that discussion point. Because, like I said tonight on stage, there's so many people in my position, um, both current and former, and coming into this job. You know, it's a tough job to do right now. And you just have to take your hat off to them people coming in and willing to do it today. That's awesome. Man. Man, that is that is amazing. I don't understand how you have time for I don't anything. Ha- I don't have a life. I, I I have a great life, but I don't have like a lot of free time. There's yeah. a constant travel almost every weekend, and then I work Monday through Thursday, and um, and uh, I just make it work. You know, most of the stuff I do is corporate on the weekends, like mm. for law enforcement, EMS gigs, things like that. So it's one in, one out. And then it's just a constant, you know, grind. Every I constantly am sending myself emails. I don't know what you guys do, but I'll think of something that happens in the moment. And I, you know, the rule: like if you don't write it down, it's gone. It's gone. It's and the you, worst feeling. It's in the, the world. worst feeling in the world. You're like, I had the best idea, and then, uh-huh. and, and then there's the other part of that, which you know very well. Like you go, you think that idea is so great, and then you go try it out, and people are just like crickets, and you're like. Okay, thanks. <laughs> or you even go back and read it, and you're like, I don't even know. What this yeah, means. I don't even know what this means because in <laughs> yeah. your mind, like, you have to write down not only like it's. I, I've done the same thing where you write down a few words, thinking, "Oh, I'll remember this," yeah. but you don't remember the the context in which you wrote those words down, which is just as bad as yeah, not even like, writing. Frosted down. flakes, fire truck, right? <laughs> yeah, something good was there. <laughs> it's the same thing as dreaming about a bit. Yeah. Or dreaming about doing stand-up. Have you ever done that? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I've had a dream where in the stand-up I had like this really great crowd work or improvised yes. bit, and I'm so excited about it. And I wake up and I'm like... Yeah, if you don't write it down like yeah. right when you wake up, like, you know, dreams go away. For me, they go away like in minutes, you know? Yeah. Well, sometimes I think even in the dream I didn't actually say anything. I just was a, I had the feeling of saying yeah. something really good. So sometimes there is a bit. Sometimes it's just like this imaginary feeling your body made you do. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great to just have a collection of dream bits that yeah. you could do. Maybe that's an out-of-body experience that you were talking <laughs> yeah, about. Exactly, right? Cause, right. Cause yeah, exactly. It's full circle. <laughs> <clears throat> that's great. So you, you're back at Dry Bar. I mean, we talked a little bit before we started filming, but did we talk about your experience with Dry Bar and what that has meant you know, in your life? Uh, so dry bar has been an opportunity that, um, came to me in 2019 and, you know, dry bar gave me the opportunity to come here the first time, which they do for a lot of comedians. And again, you know, Mike, my agent now, he had a relationship, you know, people have to have proven themselves at some point in order to get opportunities to open doors. And quite frankly, you know, uh, I think Mike had a relationship with dry bar and he vouched and said, yeah, I think Vinny's ready to do a special. And, you know, I got I came here and I gave it my best effort. And of course, now you know we look back at it and go, man, I I wish I could do it again. But um, it is what it was at the time, and I'm very grateful for that opportunity. And I 
I, this happened for me right before COVID because I think it came out roughly in July of 2019, mm-hmm. and we were right on the precipice of going into COVID. And then people really watched, I think, a lot of dry bar during COVID. And I think one of my, my special was one of those that got watched. And it really pushed things for me. Um, you know, all the things I'm doing at the same time, I think, help a little bit. But every opportunity gives me that. And so for forever, I will be grateful for the dry bar brand and for the people that I've been able to work with here. And to be able to come back and do a second special, you know, four years later, um, that's even more humbling to me. And like I was telling you guys, I was more nervous tonight doing this second special than I was mm-hmm. even the first time yeah. because I wanted to deliver so bad to make everybody, you know, be like happy and laugh and, you know, to have a great opportunity to continue with this relationship. I have a weird compliment to give you on your first special. Yeah, okay. This may be an unorthodox compliment. Bring it. But also as a guy, especially when the lights are on, I, I get very sweaty on yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was so impressed with how you handled your sweat in it. Cause I, okay, so I recorded a few weeks ago. Yeah. And I felt, they gave me a towel on stage, but I felt like it was going to throw me off if I went and grabbed the towel. Really? Toweled off. And my first set, I got way too sweaty. Wow. I did it the second set, and I was watching you. And you handle you. All you do is just mention it once, and then it yeah. wasn't weird. Yeah, so, yeah, sorry, yeah. that's a weird compliment, but I was very impressed. Oh, with thanks. It. Yeah, I've been dealing with the sweat issue for a while. Um, <laughs> not know, only just performing, but like you know, if I get into a good burrito, I'll start a sweat. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> you know, some of us just do that, and uh, yeah, I mean. Um, the, the one thing I think is funny, I don't think the person in the front row thought it was funny, but like one time I was, I, it was so hot and I, I'm trying to remember where this even was, but I don't know if I can, but like I had a big drop of sweat coming right down my lip uh-huh. and I was accentuating, accentuating, oh, no. I was enunciating a word really precisely right. and it flicked off of my lip and launched at this lady and hit her right center in the face <laughs> oh, in the man. front row. And like I saw her cringe. She's like, I don't think she really realized what hit her. And um, and then it took a little bit of time to put it together. And then I I didn't really have time. But if I could have stopped the set, I'd have been like, sorry. <laughs> was that the first? Was that at Dry Bar? You're saying? Uh, no, I don't. Th- I don't think so. I don't remember where it was, but definitely, um, definitely, I have the recollection of being on stage and performing, and and I felt the drip coming down, and I was like, th- whatever I said, and it just launched it. Yeah. And because the lights are shining at yeah, you, sometimes you can see you it. can see uh-huh, you can see the uh-huh. droplet. Like it was definitely a COVID exposure. If I'd have had COVID, it would have definitely transmitted that, with yeah. that. I yeah, like, it's leaking in here. Or something. Yeah, right. Sorry, front row. Yeah. We, yeah, we hand out ponchos at Joe's. There's well, a, there, tonight, it's a, so funny. You'll see in the special tonight. At least I hope that gets you know included. But um, I took a drink, and when I took the sip, I took such a big one. This lady in the front like started to shelter because she thought I was gonna <laughs> launch a, a stream of water at her. So she's like, I, and I go, "Did you think I was gonna spit water at you?" And she's like, "Yeah." And then I was like, oh, okay, well, let's go back in the joke since we've already messed it up. And we went back, we backed it up, and I took even more water, and then I moved to the edge of the stage, and I acted like I was going to launch, and she blew up into hysterics. It was a good moment <laughs> on the stage, so I'm excited to see that portion come out. That could be your new thing. Yeah. Spit all Just, yeah, spew <laughs> water stream over everybody. That's right, yeah. People are just, spit on me! It's a new Gallagher. It's the new yeah, Gallagher. Exactly. It's a good closer. Yeah, no, we don't need any fruit. We just need Vinnie Montez in a water bottle. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. Well, we've had a blast talking with you. Uh, Likewise. I've been, uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Is there anything you want to plug before we get out of here? No, I just, the only thing I'll tell you is you can find me at any Vinnie Montez uh, 
station, whether you're or handle, whether you're looking at Facebook, Instagram, Snap, Twitter, Google Gram, whatever it is you're trying to find me on, it's vinnymontez.com. And uh, I, I just the last thing I want to say, I'll give a plug. I'd like to give a plug to the fans, not only of Drybar but of me. Thank you very much for the support. We can't do it without the support of the fans. So thank you very much for supporting live comedy. And I hope or we have many years to come of me providing that comedy to everybody. So thank you. Thanks for being on the show, Vinny. I was going to pull out the sticker and hold up VinnyMontez.com, but I, it slipped and fallen. It's like, <laughs> you lost it's it? It's a collector's item, and I didn't find it. Wow, great. <laughs> That's a great ending, Jordan. Thank I'll you. find it. Yeah, we'll go to VinnyMontez.com. Well, thanks for joining us. It's been such a fun episode. We had yeah. great laughs. And yeah, and I'm so glad we were able to catch you right off your second drive-by yeah. special. Yeah, yeah. Thank now go get some sleep because you know, I'm going to. Don't it's been you a big worry. Day. <laughs> yes. Oh man, Nashville tomorrow night, so it should be pretty good. I'm going to I'm going to see a show, not do a show. So you deserve to just. Watch yeah, it. I'm excited. I'm excited. Have a good time. And <laughs> thank we, you guys, we've had a wonderful time with you. Um, thank you to the viewers. Um, I think this is. I think this is goodbye. This is goodbye. <laughs> it's not goodbye. It's see you later. See you later. See you later. <laughs> All right. Bye, folks. Bye, everybody. See you Thanks next time.